Thank you for listening to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Shock Fantasy is your home for the busy players' fantasy information. At Shock Fantasy, we provide quick-hitting charts, graphics, and dashboards to help you win in season-long, in best ball, in DFS, and in Dynasty Leagues. I'm Matt Harrison, longtime co-host of the longest-running fantasy football show in the history of the world, Fantasy Football Weekly. Shock Fantasy is what I use to prep for my deep dives into the matchups on Fantasy Football Weekly, and you can have all the access to the same data that helps me win. If you're not already a member of Shock Fantasy, use the promo code POTATO, that's P-O-T-A-T-O, to get your Shock Fantasy season-long, year-long pass for only $25. That's only 6.9 cents per day. Remember to use the promo code POTATO at checkout at shockfantasy.com. That's shockfantasy.com, promo code POTATO. Now, on with the podcast. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? (laughs) Welcome to the fantasy. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. I was desiring to tell you the truth that the sum of the parts is the base of the Hi everybody, this is Matt Harrison and welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. It is September 15th. It is Tuesday, and it is time for us to look at the waiver wire wonders coming up in week two of the NFL season. It's almost waiver wire Wednesday. You got to be ready to pick up your players and get ahead of the curve because week one is overreaction time. And sometimes it generally works out for some of these players. So let's see who we can overreact to in week one and uh, add and stash to our rosters. Let's start at the quarterback position. I have two guys and the way we're breaking this down is With ESPN ownership, Uh, I know that ESPN is not everybody's uh, favorite platform, but they have a pretty good ownership percentage tool, and that's what we're going to use to start off. And we're going to start with Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. He's owned in 21% of ESPN leagues right now. I'm going to give a blind bid recommendation of 2% on Cousins. We saw with Cousins that that defense is pretty bad. Those Vikings, they they could not hold up, and it could be a lot of negative game scripts for the Vikings, which means Cousins is going to be throwing a lot because they could generate no pass rush on defense. They're starting basically rookies everywhere in the secondary. It's going to be tough for the Vikings to keep in games, so Cousins is going to have to throw more and more. Coming up for Cousins, Indianapolis, Tennessee, and Houston in the next three weeks. Those three weeks against teams that could be playoff teams in the new seven-game or seven-team structure, uh, those could all represent some negative game scripts for the Vikings. And uh, I would uh, make sure that if you need a guy for the next couple weeks, maybe you're in a super flex league, Kirk Cousins might be a good at. Uh, The only other quarterback I have on here is Gardner Minshew, and I don't know why people didn't roster Gardner Minshew. Only owned in 15% of leagues, also giving a 2% blind bid recommendation on Mr. Minshew. Tennessee this coming week in week two, but then it gets significantly easier, easier secondaries ahead. 
He sees Miami, he sees Cincinnati, and he sees Houston, and then Detroit in week six. So Minshew is looking good. Uh, could be some negative game scripts in some of these games still because Jacksonville is really tanking for Trevor, but Gardner Minshew is trying to hold his job down, and he's going to chuck the ball all year long. He should be rostered in most leagues. We'll move on to the running back position where Joshua Kelly really shined for the Los Angeles Chargers, and that's not something that I like to hear as the big Austin Eckler guy on Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, But Kelly looked good, he looked spry, and he's definitely worth rostering in your league. I'm giving him the highest recommended bid in blind bidding this week of 11% on Josh Kelly. Uh, Joshua Kelly, as he's listed on some sites. He's only owned in 11.3% of ESPN leagues right now. And coming up next, Kansas City, that's going to be a really, really tough matchup for Kelly to get going. But don't fret. After that, Carolina may be the easiest team to run against in the league. Gave up 28 touchdowns to the running back position last year. Let uh, Josh Jacobs run all over him uh, in week one. I think Joshua Kelly's in for a huge week three. After that, it does get kind of difficult, though, so beware. You might want to sell him after the week three game because he's got Tampa, New Orleans, and the Jets, three pretty good run defenses in weeks four through six. Uh, Benny Snell is another guy who uh, kind of popped off and shined in that uh, Pittsburgh Monday night game against the Giants. Benny Snell... Looks like he's going to take that job from James Conner. And Conner tweaked his ankle a little bit, but it wasn't quite clear if Conner tweaked his ankle or he was just benched for not really looking all that good in the game. I'm giving a blind ben rec- blind bid excuse me, recommendation of 9% on Benny Snell. Uh, he's only owned in 14.6% of leagues right now. Uh, not the easiest schedule coming up for Snell. Denver, Houston, Tennessee, Philly... They're not exactly great matchups for Benny, but uh, I think that he's going to achieve bell cow status in Pittsburgh, especially if James Conner is sitting for a long period of time. One of my favorite players from early in the preseason was Malcolm Brown, and he sure looked good on Sunday night, uh, out-touching Cam Akers by quite a few uh, touches. I believe he had 15 rushing attempts, uh, and he had basically all the goal line runs. And that was the thing that we were looking for. Uh, The Rams are known for running the ball inside the five. They did it a ton last year with Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown was pretty successful as well. Uh, Brown is only owned in 8% of leagues. So he's a nice little pickup and stash. He might be the lead runner in the, for the Rams until Cam Akers can kind of wrestle that job away from him. I'm giving a 7% blind bid recommendation for Brown. It doesn't get easy, though, for the next couple of weeks. Philly and Buffalo in these next two weeks. After that, a little bit lighter with the Giants and Washington after that San Francisco. So uh, hit or miss there on, on that those uh, last two. Uh, James Robinson is a guy who's only owned in 29% of leagues. Uh, he's Jacksonville's presumable starting running back for the moment. I'm only giving a 4% blind bid recommendation on Robinson because... I think that that situation's pretty fluid, plus negative game scripts all around. Uh, Naheem Hines, going to give you a 3% blind bid recommendation on Hines. We're not sure where Marlon Mack is in his injury status right now, but uh, Hines was the guy who uh, popped off and scored in the last game, and uh, he's going to be the change of pace back to Jonathan Taylor in Indy. 
Uh, he gets Minnesota, the Jets, and Chicago in the next three weeks. Not exactly teams that you want to run against, but uh, Naheem Hines is a good pass catcher out of the backfield, so he could definitely be in play for some uh, some sneaky little weasel yards here. Uh, dollar bids on the following guys. Chase Edmonds had a nice receiving touchdown. Adrian Peterson, I think everybody was surprised at his usage in Detroit. Corey Clement in Philly, especially if Miles Sanders isn't quite back to ready yet. And then Peyton Barber in Washington. Uh, I think everybody wants Antonio Gibson to take that job outright, but Peyton Barber is probably going to be the guy near the goal line, and you can utilize him in a pinch if you need a running back. Uh, Let's move on to the wide receiver position. I have one guy over a dollar on my blind bid recommendation, or at least over 1%, I should say, and that's Anthony Miller. He's owned in 41% of leagues, and he was really targeted quite a bit for the Bears over the weekend, and frankly, I think the Bears are going to be in in kind of rough shape, and they might have to do a lot of work in the fourth quarter of these games to try to stay relevant. Anthony Miller is kind of an interesting play, plus listen to the schedule. He gets the Giants, followed by Atlanta, followed by Indy, followed by Tampa, followed by Carolina. That's not necessarily a murderer's row of defenses right there. And if anybody tries to double cover Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller should be wide open. A couple of guys worth a buck, a percentage point of your, your cap, Sammy Watkins. He did his week one thing. He's just under my threshold of 50% owned in ESPN leagues. He's currently owned in 49.9% of leagues. Uh, Sammy Watkins gets the Chargers, Baltimore, New England, Vegas, and Buffalo coming up. Watkins is a guy who's a decent add just because he's on one of the best offenses in the league. LaVisca Chenault, 1%. Jacksonville, like we said, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Russell Gage, Atlanta. Kind of the same thing. Atlanta, bad defense, good offense. They're going to be trying to chuck the ball and out-receive everybody. And finally, Corey Davis of Tennessee showed us a little something. Uh, Got more uh, targets and receptions than A.J. Brown over the weekend. uh, On Monday night, I guess I should say. And uh, Corey Davis is kind of an interesting guy to keep on your radar. Maybe he's just a late bloomer. Maybe it's Corey Davis season. Who knows? Finally, let's go to the tight end. And I had a couple of surprise entries to the tight end position here. Dallas Goddard is only owned in 27% of ESPN leagues. Dallas Goddard finished as a top 12 tight end last year in most scoring systems. And I think he's the top wide receiver option for Philly right now as they're just dealing with a ton of injuries. So Goddard and Ertz, I think, are going to get a ton of work in Philly until they get really healthy. And you know Philly, they can't get really healthy. So I'm going to put an 8% blind bid recommendation in on Dallas Goddard. He's got the Rams, Cincy, San Fran in the next three weeks. I think he's in a good spot. Janu Smith, Charch's favorite, is only owned in 22% of leagues. And Janu gets Jacksonville followed by the Minnesota defense that was giving up the farm to everybody through the air, followed by Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Houston. Jonu Smith is sitting in a good spot to be one of the next targets in Tennessee, and his athleticism is absolutely unquestioned right now. Just go view Charch's timeline on Twitter. He's, he's got all the pictures of Jonu Smith, all the videos of Jonu Smith that you'd ever want to see. 
8% blind bid recommendation on Janu. OJ Howard is a guy who I think Tom Brady might make into a player after all. I'm going to give a 2% blind bid recommendation on OJ Howard. Uh, the thing about Tampa, they're really undisciplined and they're not a very good defense, which means Tom Brady is going to have to lead that team in the second half of games a lot. And I think OJ Howard is a guy who is going to see a lot of the field and a lot of targets. Plus, the schedule. It doesn't look too too scary over the next four weeks. Carolina, the Von Millerless Denver Broncos, then the Chargers, then the Bears. That's not terribly scary right now to face those four defenses. Last guy I'm going to mention, Jordan Akins. And this was a guy that I watched on Thursday night, and I just noticed him a little bit. Just a little bit. He did score a touchdown in that game, but before that, it was like, hey, Jordan Akins is a guy who kind of could emerge here in this in this Houston weird mix of receivers that they have. Um, there's so many wide receivers, and they split so many of them out that Jordan Akins can kind of have free reign in the middle of the field, and I think that he's worth a dollar. Uh, it's not good that they get Baltimore, then Pittsburgh, in the next two weeks. But then after that, it lightens up with Minnesota and Jacksonville, two defenses that did not look super great uh, in week one. So there you have it. Those are my waiver wire recommendations. And we're keeping this in, you know, under 13 minutes because that's kind of what I want to do with the Shock Fantasy Podcast is get you some quick hitting information. You can put it in your ear holes. You can spit it out on your phone or on your keyboard and make some good decisions for for your team. Now, if you know your league and the pricing and how people do your waiver wire in your league, price up, price down. If people you know overreact to certain players, you might want to price it up 10, 20, 30%. If you know that they don't overreact, you know, price it down a little bit. You can see how your league goes and you can tell me how your league goes. And please follow us at Shock Fantasy. Uh, on the Twitter machine. Also, my Twitter handle is at Explosive Output. And I would really appreciate if you like what you hear right now, go subscribe to Shock Fantasy at shockfantasy.com. And remember, the promo code for this podcast is POTATO, P-O-T-A-T-O, like a shock tato. You know, I have one of those toys, the little hot potato thing that shocks you. It's quite crazy. I, I don't like the shocking feeling of it, but... Uh, you know, it kind of works out. It's at my desk right here. Maybe I'll take a picture of it, put it online. All right. Thank you guys for listening to the very first Shock Fantasy podcast, and we hope to hear you again soon. And please, if you like what you're hearing right now, rate us, review us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, We're going to try to get it up to all the podcast platforms as soon as we can. Uh, It does take a little while with a few of them, though, but... uh, you can be sure to uh, come back and check us out on Tuesdays where I'll do the waiver wire podcast. And then uh, I'll try to do one later in the week where maybe I can answer some mailbag questions or uh, even preview some DFS plays that I like this week. All right. Thank you for listening to the shock fantasy podcast. This is Matt Harrison. Take it easy.